It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. the jigs good kiwi band good kiwi band it's our intro music we quite often get asked to do that intro music is it's jukes kiwi band uh new zealand music month at the moment actually in the next fortnight starting next week we're going to feature a new zealand artist uh each day and we're going to try and get a few of them on as well to celebrate the musical prowess of Kiwis, some you've heard of, some you may not of. some youngsters trying to break through into the music industry want to give them a little bit of airtime and hopefully a few of our music legends as well. So that'll feature in the next fortnight or so. A uh, quick score update for you in the NBA. Of course, Miami lead their series against New York 3-1. So this is game five. If Miami win, they will go through to the conference finals. And they are leading 24-14 at the end of the first quarter. Keep you up to date on that. And later on today, the Lakers lead their series 3-1 against Golden State. Today's game is in Golden State. Home of Staff Curry. Uh, Lakers taking on the Warriors. We'll keep up to date with that. So, today, going to talk a bit of cricket. We're going to play you a little bit out of uh, Smithy's chat with Martin Sneddon today. And we might do that at the start, actually, just to get the conversation started. Um, he's cutting it now. We're getting that audio ready for you now. And then we're going to talk just after one o'clock to Andrew Mentzel. I thought we'd go to an Australian cricket writer because there's actually not that many in New Zealand and Australia is, it's, it's like Australians come to New Zealand for rugby writers and I just want their take on a number of things. Um, this distribution of funds from the ICC which sees India getting 40% of it, uh, New Zealand getting 4% of it I think it is. But the, the, big, the big earners out of that are India, England, Australia. I guess no huge surprise in that, That's, but they always play each other. So of course they're going to get it all. I just have a concern about the distribution of funds to the likes of, you know, Ireland have caused some good upsets in recent times. Scotland, Zimbabwe, Bangladesh, uh, cricket associations that don't have a lot of money. It could make a big change to them on the international scene. So... Midday Man is going to be the cricket. I want you to talk about the legacy of David White, where New Zealand cricket needs to head and what they need to change 
This is the chance for change. Uh, we already know the change that it's uh, leaving or left the Spark Sport platform. It's going to be back on free to air, which was widely celebrated, I guess. And um, the newly proposed revenue share from the ICC. I'll actually get those figures up for you shortly um, just to read through it. But just your input on cricket, actually. Soon we'll bring you the, the highlights of the chat between Smithy and Sneds. But if you've, if you've, if you want to have a say about the trajectory of cricket, I've long said I think there's too much. I think we're just hanging on at the moment. It's it's like there's cricket on 365 days of the year, and regular listeners will know I feel like you need the opportunity to miss a sport to stay engaged with the sport, if that makes sense. It's like if your favourite meal's roast lamb and roast vegetables, you have it every night, you get sick of it eventually. Give me some fried eggs and onions. But we got Test Cricket and the Test Cricket Championship. We've got the One Dayers and One Day World Cup. We've got the T20 Franchise Cricket and the T20 World Cup. My solution, or my, an idea I had, was T20 stays in the franchise model, and then once every two years you play for your country in a World Cup at T20, but you don't have T20 in tours, it's One Dayers and Test Cricket, or do you flip it round and say we make T20s and Test Matches tours and then the one dayer is just a World Cup one dayer. I know T20 make most of the money, don't they? Well, they do in franchise and the thing with T20 is in the space of a Test Match, you can have three T20 matches. You can have one Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Test Match goes Monday to Friday. One match, one broadcasting deal, one gate taking. Not many people go. Whereas T20s, you get much better crowds. So financially, T20 makes more sense. I think the advent of the Test Cricket Championship and also the historical part that the Ashes series plays will keep Test Cricket to the to the forefront. Like It's a bit like we were talking State of Origin yesterday. We get really invested in the Ashes. Well, I do. I love the Ashes. I love it more when it's in Australia because we can watch it because viewing times is better. But we can still watch the first session, watch the highlights of the second two, and remember, if you're night elves, we have ball-by-ball ball commentary of the Ashes coming up pretty damn soon. And <clears throat> cool news this morning that we've got the Rugby World Cup radio rights as well. That's going to be amazing. Amazing. So, where does cricket need to go? What changes need to be made? Thoughts on David White's tenure? Um, what changes would you like to see? Um, and the cricket revenue share. 0800-150-811. Love to get your thoughts on it. Um, give us a yell. Midday Madness. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Yeah. I'm just trying to find those figures for you on the disbursement of funds, which is here. So they're going to earn 230 million US dollars per year in the new financial model. And here, how, here is how it's broken down. India get 38.5%, let's call it 40, 231 million. So they get 38%. Next biggest is England. So India 38%, England 7. Australia 6. Pakistan 5.5%. Next is, might be us, 
It is. It's New Zealand. 4.7%, which equates to 28 million. Now, I don't know what it was before, but my initial reaction was, we only get 4% in the World Test Champions and we're ranked number one in the world and ODIs, we always go well at one day. But population is probably the hurdle for us and eyes on TV when it comes to broadcasting deal. But really keen to get your thoughts. 0800 150 Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Cliff. G'day, Cliff. Staffy, how you doing? Very well, Cliff. Yeah, hey, it's been an interesting couple of days with these uh, all these decisions on different sports like SENZ getting the rugby, getting more cricket, uh, the step down of um, David White, which uh, look, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see it happen. I think it needs freshened up. I think he's he's been a bit of a hard listen for a long time, <laughs> and I think. Um, his the head of the high performance that Brian Stronarch is he's another guy that I think needs to go. He's been a hard lot too with the issues with Amy Saff White, Ross Taylor, you know, even going back to um previous guys before it's been it's been a, a real long story of problems I've had with certain individuals, um, New Zealand cricket and they've never really been that open about a lot of it and Ross Taylor's book certainly popped onto quite a few things. Um, going forward, now I like Roger Toos. He's on the board now. Oh. He hasn't been on the board all that long. So to me, Roger Toos could, he's got plenty of background in, in sport playing. He, he's certainly done a lot since. And he would be a good chief executive for cricket going ahead. Um, what about... Uh, what else is there to, to talk about cricket? It's just, yeah, look, it needs to be on Sky. I think it's, it was a real failure. Martin Sneddon wasn't, on, wasn't head of the board at the time they made the decision in 2019. I think the Rugby World Cup went on to, Sky plat, onto the Spark platform at two, for the 2018 World Cup. So maybe that, that they just jumped in behind when there was offered some money in the offering. But it, it's never been a good thing. I think a lot of people who were sports people like myself, struggled with having the extra brand. Mm. And look, Spark picked up the odd thing, but it was always difficult to, you know, because you never knew what was going to be on. And going forward, I'm, I'm a bit worried about, uh, you know, putting it on TV1. Are they going to put Test Match Cricket on all day? Gosh, that, that could be a big ask. Uh, you know, they, they get the odd 2020 game they've had recently, and... Even that's a wee bit of a hard listen. I, I find the commentators on uh, that do TV One, you know, the, this 2020 stuff, it's a little bit bouncy for me. Whether look, I, it's not all about me and cricket either. But yeah, look, what do you what do you, what do you think? What do you think of Roger Twos? You must have a bit of an idea about him. Yeah, look, I loved him as a player. Um, played in number 77. And I know he applied for the job to be head of sports betting when I was there. And he came second to Neil Sorensen, who ultimately ended up at the rugby union after he had a time. And I think he got into banking, Roger Two of uh, Roger Two of Asashek, Roger Twos. Um, he, I think he was in banking. And uh, from what I understand, he's got an astute business mind. And I think, like the blend of Roger Twos, I don't know him, but the blend of... 
cricketer with business acumen. I think that's really important in this day and age in sport. Um, the other one I was just thinking while you're thinking that was um, Dion Nash as well, being very successful in business as well. Incredibly passionate New Zealander. Good cricket. Nows, um, there'll be people out there. There will be people out there. And on the TVNZ free to air, will they play test matches? Remember, they do have Duke and they do have TVNZ Plus, which is online. So you might find it still free to air, but it's online and you can stream it or watch it on your laptop or your computer or like I will, I'll just stream it to my TV. So they do have all of those avenues as well. I think, I think it's just having the publicity behind it. A lot of people just haven't been able to really get in behind cricket at, those, at that level. And because Spark is, is just so low down the list, they do so little promotion on, on the game itself. Because they haven't really got, if you haven't got Spark, well, you don't see it. I mean, the thing with Sky is they, they push their sport across all their platforms mm. of what's coming up. And it's, it's just so much bigger. And you know, they do it well, like Smitty, these guys, they've got background, and I, I just struggle with guys who haven't got a background in sport being put in the forefront of some of this cricket and stuff, you know, they just, they, you, you need to, you need to be listening to someone, it's a bit like Justin Marshall, now that was a real kick in the teeth for, for him and for, Ed, for devout rugby people, because I think he, so he, he is the old person off. But to me, he's a good comments man with, with old, um, oh, what's his name? Nisbo. Who's the wrong before? Nisbo. You yeah. know, I'm just wondering how long Nisbo's going to last before he suddenly retires. Mm. You know, and then, then we'll end up with the alternative commentary style. <laughs> yeah, you never know. TJ's a bloody good commentator. He ain't going anywhere quickly oh. either. No, but I mean, he's not getting, he's been around a while too, and uh, it just depends who's in charge. And uh, where the where the you know where it's falling. So hopefully, hopefully it's a good look for New Zealand cricket going forward. Toozer, get rid of that Brian Stronach. I think there's, there's been nothing good out come through him. So yeah, let's see what happens. Good man, Cliff. Good hearing from you. That's Cliff out of Dunedin. We come up to Auckland to the Life Members Aid. G'day, Zaid. Good afternoon, Staffy. Hello, my man. Um, great news this morning, 8.10am, uh, Sens has got the uh, World Cup commentary. You'll be pretty happy about uh, that, because you love your sport on the radio. Yeah, great news there, so um, I can't... I love the commentary on the radio, so I'll be definitely tuning in on the Sens app, and uh, September, absolutely fizzing for that. And uh, there's going to be a great game of Super on Saturday, uh, Blues Crusaders, so looking forward to that. Um, but we'll get to the black caps. Um, test cricket is the problem for me. We get all these teams over here, and then it's like, oh, no, it's a two-game series. Well, how does that get decided? Sorry, you it just... has to be three games. Say that again. You just cut out a bit there, Zaid. Three, uh, two-game series. They're, they're pointless. Yeah. Test matches. Yeah, I know. What's, what's that doing? Nothing. Yeah, what's, you, bring, you bring England over. Was it a... Um, they came all the way over here for two test matches. Just bring them more so they can be at least at a couple of that. Three tests or no tests, get rid of it. Yeah. Because that's just... It's just 
Yeah, I think we lost Zade there. Just a gammy phone line. Sorry, Zade. But yeah, I'm in agreement. You've got to have odd numbered test matches. Three, one, I might actually, okay. I think one's better than two, uh, but preferably three. Preferably three. Scott Taranaki, g'day, Scott. Uh, g'day, Staffy. Uh, now, with White going, an opportunity here to give the game some more uh, enthusiasm, reinvigorate, I suppose, if you like, the yep. nation. I've got a different take on how things should be looked. I'd like to see more domestic cricket on TV, for example, so we can have great debates about who's coming up and who, who's going to be the next talent. Mm. Now, with the way modern technology's gone now, I know in England, for example, you can watch county cricket with commentators and it's done, you know, pretty well budgetly, as you can imagine. But And you can even, they even do, do district cricket now, I see, because they get some funny stuff out of that district cricket stuff. But, um, but what... What you could do now with modern technology with these cameras, they're ball-tracking cameras now that don't require any people to even be on them. Mm. So, you know, we've got that technology there. And, and I guess this is where you would get your, you know, we all sort of talk about journalists, not journalists, say commentators, not really being up to the cut that we would, you know, preferably like. You know, I know that the Spark team copped a lot of criticism for their way that they went about, um, you know, just you know, broadcasting the game. Now, if we had guys doing commentary of domestic games at that local level that would also be a great way for them to cut their teeth and hopefully make their way through to the international level and give us a better quality product going forward in the future. Now not necessarily all of them have to be ex-cricketers either I believe. I believe if you can you know, portray and tell a story uh, adequately well on, on a broadcast then there's no reason why you cannot be a person who's broadcasting an international sporting fixture. Your job is to tell a story and paint the picture if you can't see it, if it's radio or if it, you know, and, and tell what's happening in front of you if you're on camera. So I believe that could be somewhere that we could benefit greatly on what we quality of the broadcast we provide. I'd also like to see you talked about the T twenty game, you know, or do we lose the one day game? Now I I believe we there isn't room I T twenties, you know, you, you couldn't tell me who won a series, you know, two years ago. It, it, no. But you could probably tell me who won a test series two years ago, you know, when yep. uh, we beat South Africa or, uh, you know, England were here or, you know, these, these are things. And I, my son's coming up in the game and I talk to him about, you know, what you want to play. You want to be a test cricketer because everyone will remember you if you're a great test cricketer or you played, you know, great cricket at that level. But they won't probably remember you being a, you know, a fantastic T20 cricketer in 20 years' time. So, you know, the game's history is, is etched in five-day cricket. So the, the test match game, I believe, is on a little bit of a resurgence. I, I, you know, the interest level in it is high, you know, because we are getting more of that Ashes sort of stuff going on and New Zealand have been able to be reasonably competitive, you know, in the last probably 10 years in the game. And that's always going to get more interest in it. So I believe test cricket needs its place. And I, I think that Zade's correct. You need three-game series Somehow that has to happen, and, and for me, that's dropped the T20 game out of international cricket. It's just purely a, uh, if you like, an NBA or an NFL model, if you like. It's it's purely down to your, uh, if you like, your franchise cricket model, uh, and that's played. that could be played worldwide even, you know, not just an Indian IPL. There could actually be New Zealand teams that travel and play in a, in a global tournament, if you like, that's all over the place. So... It could run all year round, uh, but at international level, I would prefer it to vanish, to be honest, and it just be the one day as in the test cricket, and then we can fit our three-game 
test match series and our five one day is and I just feel like we're trying to cram so much in we're actually diluting the quality of the good product mm. to try and grab the okay product to get bums on seats and I think that actually hurts the game and we're not seeing the best cricketers at their pinnacle because they're trying to score runs and we all know cricket's a game where you kind of build an innings you know and, and then you end up like a Conway going at 20 off 40 and then all of a sudden he's at 110 but he's at a He's at 120 with 140 um, strike rate, you know. So like, it's a it's a game of, you know, chess if you like. You know, you start and then you build up and then you get into the whole thing. It, it's it's a hit and giggle. I know it's the modern world now with Instagram Shorts and all that jazz. We haven't got the mind the, the mind to sit there and watch it. They reckon anymore. But I, I disagree. I think the game's got a lot to offer us. Uh, we just need to look at how we market it and sell it to the people. I, I, I really think if we can get that right, we'll, we'll reinvigorate the product. Yeah, it's ready to be reinvigorated too. Conversations need to be had, like the one we've just had, Scott. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Cheers, Talk soon. Cheers, buddy. We'll take a quick break. Joey, you hang on there. We'll take you straight after the break. <clears throat> Thanks for holding on, Joey. Welcome in. Yeah, g'day, Steph. Yeah, look, um, it's, you, you've got to have it going through the grassroots, obviously. You know, and, um, and that's where it starts. And, uh, you know, you've got to have these academies and, and, and so that the young kids coming through know that they, if they're any good, they can go to academies. And, and even if they're um, not going to get, say, to the black caps, but if they're Irish descent or Scottish descent or whatever, they might be able to play one day for, um, you know, for one of those countries or whatever. And also, too, Steph, you know, the, um, uh, if you were the, the CEO or going for the job as a CEO, you want to leave the job when you do leave in a bit, the, the sport in a better place than when you, when you first came, came through, you know, to, to start it. So that's what you, you're, you're aiming for. And just you want the black caps, our black caps to be maybe the top three or four in the world and, and the whole three... Um, Categories, but also further down as well. You want to be, you know, so you've got players coming through the academy that know that 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 um, when players do move on from the back caps, that they're they're moving, you know, they can move in, and they've got somewhere to to uh, to, to go to. If you know what I mean? I do. do. Do you get the feel? I get the feeling now. International cricket is like. The best cricketers in the world make them make most of their money at the IPO in that two months that that runs. Do you feel like international cricket, the players are trying to win an IPL contract? Because if I was a cricketer, that's what I'd be doing. Oh, I'd be the same, without a doubt. That that's what. Why do you think Trent Bolt is, wasn't hasn't been playing for New Zealand? Because he's making a shitload of money playing for. I mean, looking after himself. And look, I t- totally understand that. You know, I mean, that at the end of the day, there's only cricket or sport. There's only a, a, a margin of, of 10 years, 12 years or whatever. And then you've got to do something after that. But, yeah, w- without a doubt, that, that's what they're doing, Steph, you know. And also, too, um, you know, some of these teams we play, you know, if we're playing, not being mean, but if we're playing, say, uh, Ireland or someone like that, um, you can take, take it out of the ground. Like, obviously, if we're playing India, you, you have one of the test matches at Eden Park. Mm. Because in Auckland, massive Indian Indian um, people. Yep. So they'll go to that game. And you've seen that. You've seen that in the last the, the series they had. There was about 30, 38, 40,000 people. You know, 28,000 were Indian. That's yep. fine. 
But then when you when you're playing other teams, you spread it around a little bit. And and like you said, yes, without a doubt, if I was uh, a New Zealand cricketer, I'd be going for an IPL contract because you're looking after yourself and your family. Mm. No two ways about that. And just the last thing, Steph, um, uh, another away game. I can't believe the Broncos got another away game. We've got two in a row. I know. What are they? They're so poorly treated, the Broncos. I know, mate. You know, like like, um, Jeff Tooby says, there's got to be an investigation into this. Someone's (laughs) got to be accountable, Steph. You know, I can't believe it. Oh. Now you have a good day, mate, and go the mighty turbo. Up the turbos, Joey. Good man. There's Joey. Ah, oh, one of the great callers, one of the great listeners. Uh, 0800 What's got to happen for New Zealand cricket now? We'll play the news with uh, Johnny Mack, and then we'll come back with uh, a few of the comments that uh, Martin Sneedon made with Smithy this morning as well. But Johnny first. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat. A madness! Uh, update in the basketball, Miami 47, uh, New York Knicks 46. So it's closed right back up again, two and a half minutes to go in the second period. Let's go quickly to the phone. Scott from Wellington. G'day, Scott. Hey, Steph. How are you? Good, thanks, Scott. Um, I, I think on the cricket, um, firstly, I mean, my, my dream every summer would be um, we play three tests and then five one-dayers and then the um, Black Caps remain around and they play 2020 for the provinces um, and then we have someone else touring and we play another three tests and another five one-dayers against them and, and obviously have six tests and uh, the uh, ten one-dayers over the summer. Um, but at least then it brings a bit of interest back into the domestic competition. Um, because, I mean, I, I couldn't get my head around last summer, or summer just gone, why when we weren't playing, half of those players weren't even playing in that competition. You know, it, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, we need our Black Caps playing in New Zealand in our summer, whether it's for New Zealand or for Central or Otago or something like that. Um, that's what we need. Yep. yep. But yep. No, definitely. We, we need them around. Yeah, we we don't hold the conductor's stick when it comes to world cricket. We are the tail on the dog, and it pretty much dictates what India, England, and Australia. I feel like they set the schedule, and then they leave gaps, and we become the last piece in the jigsaw. And that's just uh, the commercialness of international cricket, I guess. It is, yeah, and that's that's the hard bit. It's you know it is out of our control, and and that's why that will always just be a dream. Mm. Um, and I think as well, when it comes to our players, oh, you know, I think the further it goes on, we're, we're going to have to work a bit more around players wanting to play around the world because the, the money is just going to continue to grow and grow. And, and as previous callers have said, I mean, if you can, you know, if you can make as much money or even more money playing six weeks in a tournament versus what you make for New Zealand over a year, the career of a sportsman is so short and can obviously finish at any time. I mean, you know, they, these players are going to be looking at all those opportunities and we don't want to be against them doing it because that will just come back and affect us at the end of the day more so mm. than probably the player. Yeah, you're right. You did right. Bang on. Good stuff, Scott. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Steph. Have a good afternoon. To you, mate. Um, text from Chris saying, if more people go to watch our Black Caps, regardless who they play, then they can have three test series. Correct? But they don't. They don't. Um, we're going to play you a little bit of audio now that was uh, Martin Sneedon talking to Ian Smith earlier this morning. 
first point up is absolutely a board decision. The, the chief executive's job with something that big is to put the board in a position to discuss and ultimately make a decision. The chief executive doesn't make that decision by himself or herself. Um, so the whole board takes responsibility for that. Um, we went. We we had reached a stage, and and Smithy, remember, you know, um, you know, you were a spark, a guy for a long time. You know, circumstances um, where we felt that um, our exclusivity with Sky was, um, whilst it was really good for the subscribers of Sky, um, it wasn't good for overall accessibility of the population to cricket. So um, we decided that uh, when the, the opportunity arose that um, we would ask our future broadcasting partners um, to come up with a vision as to how they could use what, what strengths they had but at the same time enable us to have much greater accessibility to uh, wider ranges of, of the New Zealand population and, and in particular um, how they would uh, uh, enable a partnership with free-to-air TV. Um, Sky and Spark were obviously the key contenders for this. Um, Spark came up with two things that were more attractive to us in this circumstance. One was uh, a free-to-air partnership with Television New Zealand, TVNZ. Um, and the second one was the nature of the streaming platform we thought was indicative of where the future was going, and um, we needed to make a start on that. We knew we knew there was risks involved. Yes, um, we have heard uh, what people have had to say over the years, but um, the reality is that that most of the population is adapting to um, the changing technologies that that exist in this area, and are getting much more used to streaming and. Uh, almost a pay-as-you-go where you choose what it is that you want to watch on what platforms you watch. The the beauty of the TVNZ connection was that firstly we were able to get a significant amount of uh, international and domestic male and female cricket onto free-to-wear and so we were starting to open up um, uh, the opportunity for people to look at cricket um, that previously had been cut off for a long time. And then secondly... Um, when Spark decided that um, the experiment that they were trying hadn't, hadn't worked sufficiently for them to continue, um, it meant that we had uh, uh, immediate access to um, another partner who was able to straight away pick it up. And, and this is such an interesting area now over the next three years. I think we're the only sport in New Zealand that is on free-to-wear um, continuously. TVNZ are just... just finishing off arrangements now for how they're going to show all of the cricket. But all of our um, international cricket, a lot of our, all of our domestic T20 cricket, male and female, is going to be on free-to-air platforms. And, um, and we know uh, from past experience that the audience sizes watching uh, on those platforms are, are four, five, six times what we would get on either Spark or, or Sky. So we, we're really now starting to look at how we take the opportunity and make the best of it over the next three years that TVNZ will be doing that. I think it's it's really exciting, it, but it does put a challenge on us to take advantage of it. Um, Spark also, by virtue of being on a streaming platform, opened up opportunities for us overseas that we pre previously hadn't had 
as easy access to, and that's resulted in us being able to um, uh, access other markets that we just simply wouldn't wouldn't be able to get into easily. And, and just as a small example of this, um, uh, if, if you know, if I were to say to you, what are the top ranked over, uh, international markets that were purchasing our cricket rights? And to say to you that USA was about number four on that, you'd look at me and say, how does that happen? Well, it happens because you, you have a platform that you can send your cricket overseas on and it's easy for them to grab hold of it and use it. And so, you know, there have been all sorts of advantages to this. It's been a market disruptor. We've seen Sky lift its game considerably in the last, um, since the period that we that we took on Spark and they've done some great stuff too. So... You know, it, I think overall it, it's a good thing, but I do um, understand that it hasn't hasn't been well accepted by a portion of those people who love cricket. I also remember um, David White was on the run home last night and they said, what was your biggest challenge when he took the job? And he said it was the finances. Um, they weren't in great shape. Um, so they had to go offshore. They had to renegotiate broadcast rights, obviously, um, I've just learned then that America is the fourth biggest market for our cricket product, which is amazing. Um, so New Zealand cricket have to serve New Zealanders and New Zealand cricket fans. And I, I guess there was a semi-admission there that everything didn't go as well for New Zealand cricket fans as they would have liked, but they had to create a little bit of pain to have a long-term gain. I think that's what that model is. The spark scenario didn't work, and I don't think we need to f- figure out whose fault it was, why it fell over. Some people say it was always buffering. A lot of people say it was fine. They loved you could. They had short highlights, medium highlights, long term highlights. They quite liked the package. A lot of people liked the package. I think their pricing point was fair. Um, what is it about? 15%, 20% of a Sky subscription, but it was just cricket and they had other bits and pieces. So there's all of that scenarios around there. The free-to-air now, I think it's a real opportunity for cricket and TVNZ. And I know TVNZ have a desire to up their um, portfolio of sport. Obviously, they've uh, done Olympics, they've done Commonwealth Games, they do America's Cup. Now they're going to have uh, cricket. They've done the Black Clash. Um, they're very interested in getting a lot more sport in there. I know that for a fact. Um, there's, a, there's a potential big one going to be announced by TVNZ in the not-too-distant future of another one that they may have um, secured. So watch the space. But I think cricket's got an opportunity, and I think in a year's time we'll be saying it's better than it was a year ago. I'm pro- quite confident that's what we'll be saying. Keen to hear your thoughts, though. 0800 150 811. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, Texting from Mark in Christchurch, she said, I had to chuckle when Martin Sneddon suggested success with Spark when saying the states were now number four in subscribers. A bit nonsensical when maybe number four equates to 30 subscribers. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> um, did you know they started playing cricket in America in 1884? Did you know that? And there's a big push over there. I think Corey Anderson's part of the big push over there as well. And there's, of course, there's a lot of money over there. Um, 
be interesting to see if it can make inroads into the States. Uh, Kevin says, uh, David White definitely chased the dollar with the result that Test cricket especially was diluted. Surely when we became world champions, we should have sold more Tests, but we never did. The dilemma for David White, um, he said his biggest hurdle was the financial state that New Zealand cricket was in. Now, if, for example, uh, revenue from a Test match is doesn't matter what it is. Let's call it $250,000. And revenue from a T20 game is $250,000 and a 50-over match is $250,000. Um, hours per dollar, T20, by far the most viable. So I think that is potentially why we played a lot of that. And one day is, it's turnover of games to get turnover into the New Zealand cash registers before we could try and redesign. I take your point, we won the World Test Championship. We should have been a much more viable proposition. But I get the feeling, even though we were the world champions, India, who they hold the king, queen, the bishops and the rooks in the world of cricket chess, they still want to play Australia and England because the broadcast deals worth so much more. All we can do is keep winning. Um, we are the top qualifier for the One Day World Cup at the moment. We we top the table. Um, we've already qualified. I think every team except one has qualified. Uh, West Indies sit at ninth. Uh, Bangladesh are playing Ireland in a three-test series, and I think if Ireland win that 3-0, they'll make it in, something like that. But that, that system's being abolished. I don't fully understand it, uh, but very soon we will be talking to Andrew... Uh, Mensal, he is um, Australian cricket writer and podcast host, etc. He knows cricket inside out, so we'll, we'll be having a talk to him to sort of explain uh, what's going to happen one day. So I want to ask him, I think at the moment we're just hanging on in international cricket for tests, one days and T20s, just. But it's like you squeeze a tomato for long enough, the seeds will come out. And I just, what's going to fall over first? Is it the T20s? Is it the one days? There has to be less of something. There is so much cricket. Um, if they keep going with the volume that they've got, we're going to start seeing what we've seen from the New Zealand team at the moment. We're pretty much, I think it was eight or nine players were in the IPL. Uh, and so the New Zealand team was without nine of their best players. So when New Zealand cricket team is taking the field somewhere in the world it's not the best team that New Zealand can put on the park because there has to be the concession to the player to go and play the franchise cricket and that's the way it is at the moment God knows what cricket world cricket is going to look like in a decade a lot of the owners of these professional franchise teams they own them all over the world so the owners of the IPL teams in India they own the teams in the UAE Premier League as well and I think they own the teams in the South African Premier League as well and they could set up leagues everywhere, they could go to Jamaica, Bermuda they could go to Iceland God, they could even have a T20 Premier League at Scott Base if they could turn some money over, you know, I feel like the same owners are going to have more say in world cricket than ICC faster than a train going downhill it's going to happen real quick Looking forward to seeing what's happening in the world of cricket. We'll take our last break before the news. Uh, Updating you on the NBA playoffs uh, at the moment. New York 
after trailing early doors, uh, now have an eight-point lead, 64-54. Eight minutes to go in the, what are we, third quarter. It's 3-1 to Miami. New York looking to extend the series. 64-54, they lead. We will keep you up to date with that. And, of course, the big one, the LA Lakers with a win today can go through and dispose of the Golden State Warriors. It's a big day for Steph Curry. Big day. Didn't pick up on that, did you, Sam? No. I've renamed Steph Curry, Steph Curry. I think it suits him better. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. That gets underway in about an hour. So I'll keep you up to date with both of those. Coming up after the news, we have Andrew Mensel. He is host of uh, the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, knows everything about cricket, the world of cricket. He's an absolute self-confessed cricket nuffy. We'll talk to him about the world of cricket after the news. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Talking cricket now, folks, and there's a lot going on in the world of cricket with this massive disbursement of funds announcement of uh, with which uh, India are the big benefactors, and uh, we can have one-sided look and say New Zealand isn't. Um, I think we're about 10% of what India is going to get from the big distribution. There's the Super League, which looks like that's done as part of the qualifying series for the World Cups, and I want to talk to the next man about Peter Siddle too, because I find this story fascinating. Andrew Mentzel joins us. He is a host of Cricket Unfiltered podcast. He's also a commentator on cricket.com.au. Andrew, welcome in. G'day, Mark. Thanks for having me. Um, lots. Well, I mean, cricket never sleeps, does it? Doesn't have an off season. When it's the off season, it just changes hemispheres. That's right. There's always cricket news bubbling along, and. At the moment, it's the Indian Premier League and a build-up to the World Test Championship, and then there's the Ashes. So, pretty busy winter of cricket for especially Aussie fans. Yeah, the um, the Ashes, like not being Australian, uh, how much how much is it feverish yet with the build-up to this? Is that is that the main focus? Looking at players' injuries, who's going to be available, who's going to be selected? Is that is that dominating the cricket airwaves? Absolutely. And one thing about the Ashes is the conversations start basically when the last Ashes finish. So now we've been talking about this this series since we, we flogged the palms a couple of summers ago. So, you know, it's been bubbling away. And, you know, you add in the, the baseball element that has sort of given this series such a tantalising feel. You know, you're going to see really uncharacteristic England who are, are playing this aggressive and um, you know, modern form of cricket against you know the more traditional Australians. So it's, it's a very strange um, setup. I can't wait. Yeah, this could be a very defining series in that it's it's the biggest Test series in the world has been for a while. And you've just mentioned Baseball there, which is a quite a quite a, a funny nickname, but it's quite accurate. This could cement that 
baseball is the right thing for test cricket or it's not. And I think a big part of that is how Australia approach the baseball, whether they they go toe-to-toe or they sit back and be a little bit more circumspect. How do you think the Australians will attack the baseball on, onslaught? It seems to have been a little bit of almost, I don't know, casual sort of dismissing of the baseball tactic by some of the Australian fast bowlers especially. Almost this attitude, well, you know, I'd like to see you try that against us kind of um, thing. So, you know, that's what's going to face this Australian team, that they're going to be at the top of their mark in June and there's going to be an England batter looking to hit them over the fence. Um, so, yeah, the Australians are a little bit wary about it. I think not quite sure it'll work out. But, but I think what we're going to see is a great series because both teams are playing really well. Both teams are much better than they were last time they played in England. So I think it's, it's set up to be really close. It's definitely something we are all looking forward to. Um, we've got ball-by-ball commentary of it here in New Zealand as well, which is pretty damned exciting. I want to ask you about uh, the ICC's new revenue distribution model. Um, it looks to me, from the outside looking in, it's the rich getting richer, uh, with uh, the BCCI, the Indian board, getting 40% of the global earnings, which equates to $231 million. I think that's US dollars. Uh, and then second on the ranking, I think, is England at 41. So it's a big dip down. Australia at 37 and, and uh, we have 26. Um, what's the reaction to this disbursement that India, the richest cricket nation, is it justified because they bring in the most eyeballs, they bring in the most revenue, they should get the most? And where does developing the game more globally around the likes of Sri Lanka, Zimbabwe, Bangladesh, that sort of thing. Where does that responsibility lie? Well, I guess broadly speaking, I think when people see a headline like that that seems to favour one country more than others by such a significant margin, the instant flinch reaction is to get defensive and think there's something wrong with it. But when you actually dig into it, this is actually a good story for cricket because what's happened is much more money has come into the game in the last 10 years. The global rights for international cricket events now are astronomical. And most of that money is coming out of the Indian market paying for those rights. Mm. So I think this is a pretty fair enough distribution model. Every country is getting more money than they did before. And if India are generating all this money, I think they're entitled to a significant portion of it. And, you know, you spoke about that figure of um, $230 million a year. I mean, most of the money generated in those ICC rights is out of India. So, um, you know, you're talking maybe 80% um, of those TV rights. So I don't think it's, a, it's a, a terrible deal for world cricket, but you're right to flag you know, what this means for the development of other countries. And my concern as a lover of test cricket is what will this mean for some of those smaller countries where they've got to decide where they allocate the money? Do they put it into a Red Bull program and look at developing a test side? Or do they sort of put more money into their white ball programs because you get rewarded for finishing um, in a high position in an ICC tournament? So... I think that's the concern. Will this take money out of red ball programs? Yeah, I've often thought, and it's probably okay at the moment, but in the fullness of time, is there still space for test, ODI, 
and T20. At the moment, we're sort of getting by. Um, we've still got World Cups and now the World Test Championship. Uh, the Super League, though, that, that served as a qualifying series for uh, the one uh, the ODI World Cup spots. And uh, just a friendly reminder, New Zealand are on top of that Super League uh, qualified. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I, I think there's three more games to go before we know what's happening World Cup-wise. But I think the indication is that's not going to happen anymore. Of the three forms, which one's the most tenuous, do you think? Like, I think everyone says they hope Test Cricket survives, but no one goes and watches. Uh, and it's a big time commitment to actually watch both in person and on TV. Um, but I just feel like history will make that survive. So it's a toss of the coin between T20 and one dayers. Which one do, do you think is most at risk? Well, I think 50 over cricket is probably most at risk because of the rise of T20 franchise cricket. But, you know, you mentioned that... Uh, 50 over Super League they've got rid of. And I actually think that's a good thing because I think you were seeing a lot of sort of bilateral 50 over cricket that wasn't meaning much. You know, unless you're on the fringe of maybe missing the World Cup, which most of the big nations won't be, apart from South Africa at the moment, they, I think they just qualified. But, you know, so I think getting rid of that is actually a good thing because I think it damages cricket having these sort of bilateral series that don't really mean much. But I think we'll see with the rise of T20 franchise cricket, you know, international windows be a thing of the future where, you know, there'll be a month or two set aside a year for international cricket and you'll be trying to squeeze in all your test cricket and a few T20 internationals to fill up the coffers. But apart from that, I think, you know, a lot of these international matches will be restricted to ICC tournaments. You know, the bulk of 50 over cricket will be in and the World Cups, which is a good thing because, I mean, you only have to, I'm sorry to bring this up, but, you know, look at the 2019 50-over World Cup. I mean, that was a magnificent tournament, you know. That, that had everything because there was high stakes. So that's what I think 50-over cricket needs, high stakes, and the same for 20-over cricket. Those big tournaments are what gets people going. Is there too much cricket, Andrew? I've often been a proponent, like in rugby in New Zealand, I feel like there's too much and we never get an opportunity to miss it and look forward to it. I mean... New Zealand have been over in Pakistan having multiple games and um, you can get a bit apathetic about it, like we've lost one, oh, but we're playing in two days' time again. Oh, we lost that. It doesn't matter, we're playing. Oh, we had a win. Oh, we had another win. And it's just, there's just so much. Yeah, there's so much cricket. And I think that is one of the, the fears around the rise of T20 franchise cricket, that it's just going to get oversaturated and will lose its appeal, lose its luster. Over summer at one stage, I think there was you know, four T20 20 tournaments going on around the world. So, you know, that's a lot of cricket. As for international cricket, I think, you know, harder, I think that's actually going to be stripped back a bit. So I don't think we'll, I think we'll actually yearn for that sort of high level international cricket as time goes on. Um, I mean, I like franchise cricket, but it, it doesn't compare with that you know, high level international matchup. Um, but to answer your question, probably yes. I mean, there is a lot of cricket. As someone who's obsessed with the game, I can't even keep up. I mean, <laughs> I try and watch as much as I can, and um, I still can't watch it all. So, yes, there's a lot out there. Can I throw an idea? You haven't heard this idea. My listeners have that. Is is one avenue, um, like you, you can't, you can't sink franchise cricket. It's it's where the money comes. It's where the players get the compensation. Um, I don't want to take that away from them. But let's make T20 cricket franchise cricket 
and then once every two years you just have a T20 World Cup and you ch- chuck your national colours on. But when you go on a tour, when when we go to India or Australia go to South Africa, you don't play T20, you play test match and one day. As they become important internationally. And then every second year or whatever your the, the frequency is, you play a T20 World Cup. But that's the only time you play internationally. The rest of the time, you're off doing franchise T20. Look, it is a good idea, but I think that the, the problem is that the T20 cricket brings in the crowds and the revenue. So you you actually might see a model where it's what you said, but you replace the 20 over, the 50 over cricket with the 20 over cricket. Right. Because, uh, as I said, T20 cricket is very commercially viable. So if you've got a, a country touring and you can slot them in for three T20s at the end of the tour, you know you're going to get packed houses the TV ratings are going to be great for sponsors. So I think we'll see them stay. But at 50 over cricket, you'll start to see drop-off tours. I'm just going to chuck a statement at you, and you don't have to be nice or friendly or anything. If I say New Zealand cricket, Easy. what do you say? What do I think? I think perennial um, competitors, but lack that, lack that little bit of spark to make them actually win big tournaments you know and that, that's right you know really good team very professional they'll always scrap um you know well drilled good attitude but probably just lacks that bit of star power to get them over the line in the big games yeah i've always felt like when brendan mccullum was uh skipper just that he, he bought a bit of an edge and we've had edgy players in the past like um, Dion Nash and go back even further John Brace we we don't have that edgy guy in there to, to, to rack things up Yeah and I, I sometimes I feel when New Zealand comes up against Australia they get a little bit spooked mm. I, I mean I remember when New Zealand toured a couple of years ago and played some tests here they'd been in terrific form in test cricket and you know played some of their worst cricket I'd seen for a couple of years when they were, came up against us so we actually don't often see the best of New Zealand um, when we play them. Yeah, when I turn the TV on to watch New Zealand versus Australian cricket, I, I gently push the button, the on button, and I <laughs> and I watch the first few overs between the gaps in my fingers because I'm just so scared what's going to happen. Uh, last thing, uh, good news story, Peter Siddle. I've long been a fan of Peter Siddle. He's 38 years old and he's just got another contract. I think this is great. That's terrific. Um, I just One more thing on New Zealand cricket because I was, just to, to be something I wanted to mention was I think you made such a good, huge contribution to the way the game is played mm. and generate, you know, Brendan McCullum in particular changed the view of the way test cricket needed to be played, that it didn't need it to be like verbal and aggressive. And I think, um, you know, New Zealand should be congratulated for sort of leading that. On Peter Siddle, well, what a star. I mean, 38, he was, he was sacked by Victoria a few years ago. They said they didn't want him. So he's gone down to Tasmania. He's had a great few years there, and now he's back. And look, the main reason is there's quite a few young fast bowlers coming through here in Victoria, and they want an experienced head to sort of guide them through. Um, so, yeah, two more years. I don't know if we'll play every game, but uh, he's bowling as well as ever. He's Australia's Jimmy Anderson. Uh, what's, he is, what's absolutely. It, what's he like as a bloke, just away from cricket? What's he like as a bloke? So I've interviewed him a few times on my podcast, and I have to say he's a, a terrific guy. I didn't I didn't have any dealings with him when he first came into the Australian side, but my understanding was he was a bit rough when he came into the Aussie side, a typical Aussie sort of fast bowler. Mm. Um, but he's now a senior statesman in the game. He's a lovely chap, and he, he does 
um, you know, influence a lot of the young fast bowlers in the country. We've been talking to Andrew Mintzel, uh, commentator on cricket.com.au. Got a wonderful cricket podcast called Cricket Unfiltered. So, uh, Andrew, been an absolute joy talking to you today. We will stay in touch. I've loved it. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. If you hadn't heard, SENZ has secured the radio rights to the 2023 Rugby World Cup and we are pretty excited about it here uh, in studio and out in the start we are absolutely fizzing. So all of the big action, there's going to be previews, there's going to be analysis, commentaries, the whole shooting box. That first game, oh my goodness. Me and there's a group of us, about five of us, are actually considering going, and um, they're all talking about going for the whole thing. I, I can't go for the whole thing. And the debate arose about, I actually think, even though I don't think the result of the first game has too much bearing, apart from momentum and psychological advantage and all that sort of stuff, I think the first game is going to be a spectacle. Like, it's opening the World Cup, France, New Zealand. We've played finals against each other and we're playing the opening game. I think that's a whole different vibe to the quarterfinal. So I've suggested we go for the first week or, or we go for the quarterfinal and semifinal and then you can make the decision if you stay on. I sort of think the first week, there's plenty of good games in the first week and tickets won't be as tough then. Um, but yeah, fantastic we've got the radio rights for that. Um, just had a text in from Jace saying, uh, Kia ora staff, uh, Warriors Bulldogs, Ben Cummins is the ref and Grant Atkins, not Ashley Klein, is the video ref. Another ref issue I've been thinking about is power and balance. That is, will an experienced video ref, uh, sorry, will an inexperienced video ref overall an experienced ref on field in a 50-50 decision? Another good point. Another good point. Um, coming up to 25 past, we normally do it Wednesdays, but we just saved it another day just to let it marinate, and here it is. Bailey's property of the week. Now, Sammy, you said yesterday it's going to be a good one. And me, oh my. Now, quite often these are in far-flung reaches of Outer Bay Plenty and in the far north. This one is one of my favourite parts of the wider Auckland region. This is in uh, 524 Waiau Park Road. So think about um, come down the southern motorway, hang a right as if you're going to Beaver's house, uh, then cut off from there and head out towards Clark's Beach. It's before you get to Clark's Beach. It's bang in the middle of that flat terrain here's the info 122 hectares thereabouts 20k's from the Papakura exchange if you know where that is uh, interchange on the motorway so it's pretty close now it's brought to market by Ian Buchanan of Bailey's Pukekohe and Shane Snyder of Bailey South Auckland now I've clicked on their profiles tell you what they've got great smiles they look like good roosters in fact, all the staff at Bailey's are good roosters. 
Now, they're bringing it to market. It's, a, it's dairy farmed by the same family for about 70 years. And the land provides, there's a good balance, easy contour, well-maintained, fertile land, two separate titles. So let's dig into that. So there's lot two, which is about 56 hectares. Uh, it's pending a new title. It's got ac- two accesses, one from Wire Par Road to the south and Mackenzie Road to the north. It's got bore water supply, auxiliary buildings and a hay barn. Then there's lot three. 65 hectares, bit bigger, uh, pending a new title as well, but it's got access just from Waiau Pa Road to the west. Uh, now there's bore water there as well, there's a milking shed, an implement shed, auxiliary buildings, there's a hay barn, effluent pond, the whole shebang, and a four bedroom. Now it says a four bedroom share milkers cottage, along with standalone garage plus car, but I've looked at the share milkers cottage, I think you've underestimated that, um, Ian and Shane. It's, it's a... It's a solid country house, and it's big. And being so flat, I've already done what Sam always asked me to do. Can you fit a pitch and putt on that property, Steph? Is that the next, you're about to ask that? Par three hundred yards. Yes, simple. You could have quite a few actually. So this is um, close to Auckland. So those were the long-term vision. You people out there with the long-term vision, you'll appreciate that the land of this scale and location being so close to State Highway 1 and to Auckland and to Pukekohe and that area, it's a rare find within this environment. So the key is that the property number, you go to baileys.co.nz, B-A-Y-L-E-Y-S.co.nz, and then the property number you put in the little search bar, easy one to remember, 197-1999. 197-1999. It's got a nice big wide driveway down to what they call the Sheer Milkers Cottage. That ain't no cottage. It's a homestead for someone like Sammy with his little pitch and putt. Just three holes is all you need. There's a few trees there. And it's been a dairy farm for 70 years. So everything's ready there. So what you're saying is I could um, <coughs> hit my you know, 100 yards, couple of putts, go back to the homestead and just have a nice fresh cup of milk, fresh milk, straight, Look, from, the, straight from the tea. You wouldn't call it the homestead. It would be your clubhouse. Back to the clubhouse, fresh milk on tap from the tea. Yeah, that's it. And if you just tee off out the back and there's this there's this really cool group of treat, think Augusta. I am thinking Augusta. Because <laughs> uh, isn't it um, is the Indy 500 where they celebrate by drinking Drink milk, milk, isn't it? Yes. Why not? Why not celebrate? Yeah. Pop, up, pop up a glass of the, the old pasteurised, unpasteurised. So maybe you could have 500 yards of golf holes, so yeah. five 100 yards, and once a year you could host the Huey 500. Ooh, not bad. And then scale some milk, because the milk the, the milk she's not far away. I'm trying to think of something clever to do with my name in Augusta, or the Masters, the Samasters, the Sam Masters. Sam, mm. no. Sam Masters. I'll think of it, but... Um, here we go. The dream's coming alive, people. The dream's, the dream's coming, coming alive. And there is so much nice flat land, um, well watered, as we know, in Auckland. Hey, and look, ten, $10 entry free for, for the Samasters every year, and you'd probably pay off the property. And first prize, 100000 you cash. <laughs> Always put up the you cash for anyone who's willing to have it. I think you need to go home and have a good talk to Katie, because this property is... She's not actually here at the moment. She's down in Nelson, so maybe this is my opportunity, Steph, to just take the reins of the finances. Just say, make a sorry, call. Katie, I just tripped over and accidentally bought yeah. um, 122 hectares. Hey, just um, 
when I pick you up from the airport, we're not actually going home because we don't have a home anymore because we are currently tendering uh, a new property out in, uh, was it Wairau Pa? Wairau Pa. Wairau Pa. Wairau Pa Road. Yeah. Clark speech there. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's there. A wise man once told me it's easy to, was it easier to say sorry than it is to ask for permission? Yeah. yeah. Easy to apologise than get get permission. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't mean to do that, <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> Test that on Katie and get back flight. to us. I don't know for the When flight. does she get back? Saturday. Saturday. All right, full report Monday. So, um, yeah, so stand by Ian Buchanan or Shane Schneider. Sammy Hewitt is on his way. And so is Johnny Mack with the news. Craig's just texted and said, you just mentioned you might head to the Rugby World Cup. We're heading to the first game, then making our way to Rome for the Ryder Cup. How good? Craig, I didn't even know that was on. There's another selling point. Oh, Rory, the Grand Sam Masters. That's not bad either. That's what we can call it. Now, I'm pretty sure I just saw this guy on trackside giving a racing preview. That must have been recorded. Or he just said, guys, I've got to go. I've got to talk to staff on SCNZ, which is true. Pops? <laughs> That's right. I just went, hey, look, can we just put that to one side and talk to uh, Mark Stafford? So, um, <laughs> yeah, hey, hey the, the things we do, hey? Oh, look, I, I, I love your dedication to your craft. I really do. Um, 92-85, the Knicks are looking to extend this series. Mm, yes, and the money was there to say that they will extend. Um the well-supported uh, home court team. Uh, but look, I'll tell you what, the Heat are, are not done with. Uh, and they have, they got out to around 7 or $8. Uh, they're now $4 uh, in play bidding. So jump on tab.co.nz if you do think the Heat maybe can come from behind. Uh, what are they, about seven points off them and they're $4 outsiders. I think the next game, Steph, is the one where, mm-hmm. interesting, we've seen money for the Lakers, and, and most of the support in this match believe that Lakers get it done uh, here in this one against the Golden State Warriors. So 335 outsiders, uh, and they have clearly been the best-back team. Over 80% of our head-to-head betting in this market has been with uh, the Lakers, which is a surprise because the Golden State Warriors in every other match throughout this series have been the number one team that they've wanted to get on. Um, they should have got it done a couple of days ago, the Golden State Warriors, but they didn't. And now uh, they just have to keep winning. So they're $1.31, Lakers 335 and we've seen money for a couple of different bets here. The under, under 223 points at $1.85. If there's any sort of love for the uh, Golden State Warriors, it's been around sort of Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson markets. And one of the interesting ones around Clay Thompson is for him to light it up uh, from three-point land. Uh, we've seen very good bets around Clay to hit uh, four or more threes in the match, which is currently now $1.36, uh, and five or more threes, uh, which is $1.91. Uh, and Curry's very popular in that market too, where he's $1.62 to hit five or more threes. Oh, it's amazing. Just just so you're aware, um, he, we've changed his name to Staff Curry just, just to make it a little bit more palatable for us. Oh, oh yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, being uh, Thursday, um, biggest game of the NRL, I think, is actually tonight. It's just a absolute banger. So it starts at 10 o'clock, which is quite late for us. 
But Melbourne Storm, Brisbane Broncos, I've been hearing all week uh, that most of the money's going the Broncos. I'm sure before kickoff we'll see a, sh- a little bit of a shift to Storm. Has that happened yet? Look, it hasn't. Look, it hasn't actually. Look, it's all been around the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, look, they still hold quite easily around about a 75% hold on the head-to-head market at $2.08. I'm, I'm with you though, Steph. I, I'm sure as we get closer to start time at that 10 o'clock mark, that somewhere around the 6 o'clock mark there's going to be more of a shift towards Melbourne, surely. Um, look, the Brisbane Broncos have only won three times uh, in their in their lifespan against the, the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne. Um, the one bet we have seen a lot of interest in is in the halftime, full-time uh, space. Now, we've seen 2,500 on a Storm Broncos uh, halftime, full-time. That's at $8. And then we've seen 2,000 on Draw Storm uh, at fourteen dollars, uh, so well, I'm not sure if, the, if that's the same punter or not. But um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. I'd be surprised if it, I don't mind that draw storm one. Actually, don't mind that's that's quite a good return. Mm, yeah, fourteen bucks. Yeah, um, I, I would imagine it's going to be fairly tight this match. Um, we've also seen money for Xavier Coates anytime try scorer. Melbourne to win one to twelve. That's the boosted option at six fifty, and uh, any sort of boosted option in the NRL seems to get taken, and that that, that one uh, has been popular so far. So, yeah, good game coming up. It will be an absolute uh, barn burner that one, and, and of course the the Warriors as well. They yeah, I was going to say well. Warriors watch. We've got good refs this time apparently. So um, <laughs> I'll be interested. And Josh had a car back for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually getting back to score a try. Uh, is the fox uh, Josh Adokar? So one ninety five Bulldogs Warriors at a dollar eighty. I guess it's a curly one for the Warriors, isn't it? It's a game that we actually ex- expect to win. Uh, the last three weeks we've played so well against uh, you know clearly top top eight, top four opposition. Let's just hope they get the job done and they get the decisions go their way. So punters think so, and they're well supported. Mm. Perfect pops. Good chatting. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, Steffi. Catch you up, mate. Cheers, mate. Brendan Popperwell, tab.co.nz, or download the app. Uh, update on the basketball. Oh, they're closing back in, are uh, Miami? They don't want to go another game. It's New York Knicks 95, Miami Heat 91, six and a half to go. Um, I'm just going to bring you after that shot misses. Uh, they've won the re- No, no change to the score. 95 91, six and a half to go. We'll keep you up to date. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? 97-91, New York are leading five and a half to go in the final quarter. Sammy, what else is happening? Maple Leafs beat the Panthers one a two-one in game four, so they've avoided a clean sweep in round two, which is uh, disappointing for me. But well done to Maple Leafs fans. You've now got to win three more games in a row <laughs> to try and clinch the series. Um, what's making news around the world? Have you heard, seen, come across, experienced, observed? Wow. The story of the uh, young kid who disqualified himself from the US Amateur Golf Champs trying to get to the US Open? No. There was a lot there. I'm going to like this. Tommy Cool. 
good last name, K-U-H-L. I'm going to call him Tommy Cool. Mm. Uh, he was walking with some of his University of Illinois cohorts and had made it through his round of 10 under, this is a course record, 10 under 62, prime position to qualify for the US Open in this amateur championship. He was on top of the world, but then teammate Jackson Buchanan mentioned how hard it was putting on the aerated greens. Thomas Kill felt sick to his stomach. I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep if I didn't tell the rules official. What had he done, Steph? This is where golf, you know how we are stand on some of the rules of golf. So there's a rule in golf that you're allowed to fix your pitch marks. You're not allowed to fix the aeration marks on a green. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Cool had, on a couple of occasions, fixed the um, aerated marks you on the green. You mean like the core marks? The core marks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, was feeling sick to his stomach. Um, so he went to the... Um, rule official. Apparently you can fix your spike marks if you're wearing yep. spikes. You can fix your spike but you can't fix the aeration marks, right? Um, so he sought out the rules official, explained what he had done. Um, he was informed that he had been disqualified and his dreams of playing in the US Open are going to have to wait another year. So part of you says good on him for um, you know, owning up to it and doing it. But it reminds me of that guy recently who lost his corn fairy to a card by accidentally taking a ride with someone from yeah. one of the holes to the whatever it was. Yeah. <sighs> But yeah, tough one to swallow for old Tommy Cole. Where do you stand on uh, being able to repair? I, I, now, should preface this. I'm sure he wasn't going around fixing up like every chord thing in his line of putting because his team, the guys he was playing with would have seen that and probably said you can't do that. Whatever. Like I'm assuming he probably did a couple of times where there was a big it was cold. on the edge or something and he, you know, he just fixed it. What are they doing playing on freshly cored greens? That is the biggest start? question. Why are you having a US Open qualifier on freshly cored greens, you mutants? <laughs> mutants? That's hard. Wow. Too. Look, I only say it because I know how frustrating it is to putt on the aerated cord greens. Mm. Steph, it's mm. tough for the best of us, you know? Turns my three putts into five putts. <laughs> anyway. It's a three putt or win for you? Uh, look, I'll phrase it this way. I'll take a three putt. But um, I, I aim for two. I aim for two. Do, I'm do, actually, uh, putting's like one of my strengths, to be fair. Mm. I suck off the tee, you know that. But um, chipping and putting is where I do. Do you know what playing for a snake means? Couldn't tell you. So... In my group, mm-hmm. like we used to play the same four. Oh, there was a group of us used to play every weekend. If you had a three putt, you won the snake. And the snake, you had to tie it through one of the loops, and it was a big, long rubber snake. Mm-hmm. So if someone was going for a longish second putt, if they missed, they were going to win the snake, we'd all stand there and go. <laughs> That's cruel. And whoever holds the snake at the end of the round buys the first round of drinks. I, uh, yeah, as you can well imagine, I do love a bit of smack talk uh, around the greens, you know, <laughs> like if it's a like two, three foot putt. Not easy. Mm. Not easy, that one. That, you know, the classic line is still still golf. What is it? Still a lot of golf. You're still away. Oh, the no. worst three words in golf, you're still away. So you have a putt, and after your putt, you're still the furthest from oh, the hole. Oh, that, that's the worst one. I, there's one that uh, we do throw around when like someone does putt, and it's still within golf, uh, within the hole, sort of two, three feet, and um, someone will say, oh, still a bit of golf there, still a bit of golf, you know? <laughs> you know a great line? I, a guide used it on me once, uh, was match play, and I was leaving all, all my putts short, yeah. and they were going in, but they were all short. I just couldn't get the speed, and he said to me, out of the 14th hole, I said, mate, you putt it just like Jack Nicholas." And I said, what, I'm missing everything. And he goes, no, nah, all of his short ones miss as well. <laughs> and he just got in my head. He just got in my head. Oh, that's good. Now, look, people are going to think I'm a massive dick, but the guys I play with, we we do all give it to each other, so it's all kosher. But, yeah, I, I just love, like, on the first or second one being, like, um, 
Just, you got to be a master at it, Steph. The one that I love throwing to a mate of mine who's a chronic overthinker like me, <laughs> and after the second or third hole, if I can see that his putts, I'll just sort of go, man, you've, you've really been struggling with those lately, eh? Like, I'll do it in quite a nice tone, but then he thinks, damn it, I've... This, I have been struggling with it, and then they just can't get out of it. It's it's just a little line. You know? I'll have to have a game of golf. I'm, uh, it's the it's the I'm power not moves. the master of it, but there's this subtleness to get inside people's head without them even knowing. No, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, maybe yeah. we should do a midday you, madness on you, getting inside you, people's you, heads. I'd be like going to drive, and you'd be like, um, "Good luck on this one, mate. You you do a good one." Like the people say that to me, they say you do a good one, and that just gets me going. I'm like, yeah, I've been do a good one for six months. Yeah, um, you're normally really strong off the tee. Yeah. Hopefully next one. Yeah. Or the, the, I heard a golden rule, and that is you never, um, you never remind someone who's having like a career round. You don't remind them of how well they're going. So, like for example, let's say you shoot a, a thirty six front nine. You don't on the back nine sort of keep asking them where they're at and like, oh man, like you're gonna break ninety. You're gonna. Break. You just you just stay away because you're getting in their heads. So I I, don't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to someone. But I'm happy if they're on my level. And we're giving it to each other. Oh, in a social game of yeah, four yeah, mates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... A couple of beers. It's, it's open slather. Uh, what else is going on around the world? Because we talked about that for about six minutes. Um, <laughs> have you heard of the name Mookie Betts? He's a baseball player. Plays with the Dodgers. Mookie Betts. Yeah, Mookie Betts. Um, and I love the, the starting line of this article because it says, Dodgers star Mookie Betts has heard booze before, but not from ghosts. Uh, and he wanted to keep it that way. So the LA baseball team pulled into Milwaukee for a three-game series against the Brewers uh, ending yesterday, or ending today, actually. And uh, he refused to stay in the reputedly haunted house, the Fister Hotel. Uh, he bunked with his pals at an Airbnb instead. What was it called? It's a, it's a Fister. Well, it's, P, it's, P oh, okay. it's P-F-I-S-T-E-R. I was going to say, I wouldn't want to stay in the Fister Hotel. No, no, it's the, it's the Fister well, look, he's more of he's more like than Pfizer, one. but Fista. Yeah, it's Fista. Yeah, like a Vista, but it's a Fista. Fista, um, baby. Well, you, there are some <laughs> weird things that go on at this hotel, Steph. Because uh, so he stays in a B and B. He doesn't want to stay with uh, the team because it's haunted. Um, he does. He doesn't believe in ghosts, but he respects the supernatural phenomenon enough to avoid taking a chance. Now, former Texas Rangers infielder Michael Young told an ESPN magazine that he heard heavy footsteps in his Fista room once mm. when he asked the possible apparition to let him sleep. The footsteps stopped. He said, let me sleep, please. Footsteps stopped. Bryce Harper, now with the Philadelphia Phillies, swore his clothes and table were moved overnight in 2012 while staying at the Fister Hotel. So a lot of evidence there, Steph. Mm. And Mookie Betts didn't want to take the chance and credit to him. And finally, um, this won't register on your radar whatsoever, but a lot of parents out there will um, either sympathise or celebrate. Now, uh, when you've got young kids, Steph, for me, there's three shows that constantly get replayed on Wiggles. Netflix. The Wiggles is one. Uh, I was going to say Bananas and Pajamas. I don't know. I haven't got kids. Coco Melon is, is number two. Never which heard is of that. A, And uh, Bluey is, uh, is yeah. number three. Is you that Blue's Clues? No, no, Bluey. Have you never heard of Bluey? Nah. You should watch Bluey. Bluey's one of those TV shows that they made for kids, but... Like the adults love it more than the kids. Oh, they're the, and they're they're the, the master license. strokes. They are. You need to get some enjoyment out of well, it. Well, I well. can tell you right now that Bluey, according to a Nelson re- report, is now the most stream acquired TV series in the US, overtaking South Park. Wow. 737 million minutes um, consumed in the month of April alone across America. That is compared to 700 million minutes from for South Park. So over 37 million more. And Coco Melon comes in at number three. At 683. So, uh, yeah, there you go. The more you know. Mm. Uh, Fact of the day. Go. 
Um, Yagen. Have you heard of the Yagen people? They oh. come from uh, Argentina and Chile, I believe. Y-A-G-H-E. Well, the word, the Yagen word, mum, mummy hala pinatapai, is considered the world's hardest word to translate. It allegedly means a look shared by two people, each wishing that the other would initiate something that they both desire, but which neither wants to begin. <laughs> And the funny thing is, it's the hardest word to translate, so probably don't even know if that's right. But there you go. <laughs> say the word again. Try, try and say Mami the word again. I'll send it to you and we'll let you have a go as well. Because okay. I've got a fact of the day too. Okay. Something I learned last night. Is this us giving each other a look to say we both want to take an air break, but neither of us want to initiate? Captain K can do it. Okay, Sam, I've been practicing that word uh, that you sent me. I've come up with this. I've come up with. What have you come up with, mate? Mamalapine de pie. Mamalapine de pie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's easy once you hear it. My fact of the day. Yeah. What's the town where Beaver lives near? Waiuku. Waiuku. Do you know how it got its name? Why is. Water. Water. Uku. Uku is mud. It's a certain type of mud that goes into the harbour there. Now, legend has it, um, there were two brothers, Tamakai and Tamako, brothers. One was the cultivator, hunter-gatherer, um, that was Tamakai, and Tamako was like the orator, the, the learned one. And there was a very high up princess in Māori them, and she wanted a husband. And she met both of them, but because Tamakai had been on the farm, they washed him in the water and the mud to get all the silt and everything off him, and she chose him. So they named the town Waiuku, Water Mud. Wow. The more you know. going to be talking to Tony Johnson uh, very shortly. Um, Rory says blue. Well, can I read that? I can read that. Bluey is my favourite kids show ever. I was going to say, in, in my youth, Bluey was not a word you use. Um, so just because you've never heard of it before, basically it's a t- it's an animated cartoon and it is uh, Blue Healers. Dogs. Yeah. So there's a Blue Healer, obviously Dad, and then there's a Mum. Although... The mum and the, the daughter are like orange. So mate, I don't know if they're different types of blue healers or different different dogs altogether. But yeah, there's a mum and a dad and then two kids. One of them's called Bluey. Oh, and they're all dogs. Yeah, they're all dogs, but they sort of, you know, they live in a house and they, they can walk and talk and they play games and yeah. It's... Sounds a bit sci-fi. <laughs> well, it's certainly not realistic. Given it's a cartoon, Mark. But, yes. um, maybe I'll show you like a trailer for it or something in the break. And... Oh, I can't wait. Hmm. They actually, to be fair, if we just get a little bit serious here, they did actually just do a show that got critical acclaim, I think, last week because it was actually about all about mental health with the mm. dad. Oh, nice. Because so they, they do tackle issues like parenting issues as well, which is why it's called quite subtle. 
um, but also a lot of fun for the for the little ones as well. Little ones. Um, referees for the Rugby World Cup have been announced. Um, names that will be familiar to you: Wayne Barnes, England, widely regarded as the best referee in the world now. Nick Berry out of Australia, Andrew Brace from Ireland, Matt Carley from England, Carl Dixon from England, Angus Gardner, Australia, Ben O'Keefe and Paul Williams, uh, the New Zealand referees, uh, Luke Pearce, Yako Paper, it'll be his last World Cup, and Matthew Reynal, hopefully his last World Cup as well. Uh, assistant referees, um, James Dolman from New Zealand, uh, Jordan Waite out of Australia and TMOs there's a Kiwi in there Brennan Pickerel as well and the TMOs uh, include Joy Neville first time a women's referee has been included in the panel uh, Maris Yonker who used to be out on the turf um, he's now going to be in the TMO booth as well so that's all our rugby referees um, that we've got for the Rugby World Cup uh, we we're going to go and talk now to the man that we love talking to on Thursdays about everything rugby. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport joins us. G'day, TJ. Hello, Steffi. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good, good. The, the first squad has been announced for the Rugby World Cup, well, and it's yeah. the referee squad. Yeah. I just heard you mentioning that. It's interesting. I mean, first of all, uh, congratulations, Ben O'Keefe and Paul Williams. They make the refereeing panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Dolman as an assistant referee and Brendan Pickerel as a TMO. Um, I, I think Brendan Pickerel's going really well at the moment. Um, but I, in, in a funny sort of way, uh, the way things are, are, are shaping, and I, I think that um, World Rugby has been very closely looking at the way the games have been um officiated in Super Rugby with the way they have tried to sort of speed things up and cut down on the time spent, etc, etc. In, in a funny sort of way, in the way they're using the TMO, the TMO could almost become more important than the AR. So I, I think uh, Brendan Pickle certainly deserves that. So it's good to see this four New Zealanders and all, that's, that's pretty good. It, just looking at the ARs, they've only named seven and two uh, participate in every game. They are going to be busy. Yeah, um, I mean, that's not to say that when it gets to the sharp end of the competition, some of the guys that are actually on the referee panel won't go on to the uh, assistant role anyway. True. It's an interesting make-up. Um, it, it's, yeah, to a degree, it's just dominated by the Northern Hemisphere. Four English uh, referees, just one from France. That's our mate, uh, Mathieu Reynal, who, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, sort of hit the headlines in Melbourne last year. Uh, Lacey, the uh, the Irishman, who's really a Welshman who lives in England, but he, he's he's there as well. And our old mate uh, Giorgio uh, Amasha Kelly from from Georgia, uh, yeah, he seems he, he's made the, the trip as well. He's done well. Uh, two New Zealanders, two Australians, just one South African, as you mentioned on the refereeing panel. Um, so, but as I say, four English referees. And, and, you know, I, I, the Southern Hemisphere referees out, outnumbered a bit for those amongst you who can get a bit conspiratorial at World Cup time. And Joy Neville, uh, first woman to be appointed to a panel uh, in TMO uh, capacity. Uh, good reward for her. Yeah, I think so. It, interestingly, I, I've seen a couple of games where she's been the TMO and she's been very good. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of the leading women referees, I'm not sure that she's any better than three or four others, but she has fulfilled that role. Uh, it's probably, uh, you know, an important step. Um, and, uh, you know, look, to me, the, the key to it is, 
And I, I'm, as I say, I know that um, uh, Phil Davis, the former Finnessley in Wales number eight, who's now the director of rugby for World Rugby, he was out here recently, and he, he's a guy with a really open mind. Uh, it's quite refreshing, actually. I had a bit of a chat with him. Uh, you know, he, he's very interested in what's going on down here. Uh, we haven't got it completely right. There's still a lot of work to go, but I think we've taken sort of steps in the right direction. And I think they're very mindful of that. And also, in particular, the dynamic between the refereeing team, where we've gone back a bit more to the referee on the field being the, the major judge, if not the sole judge. And, and the idea being, although it's, you know, as typically as the season wears on, you know, some can't help themselves, but a lesser role for the ARs and the TMOs during the run of play, which I think has, has worked pretty well. Um, other And before we go Super Rugby this weekend, uh, Wayne Smith came out with some very interesting comments and almost as interesting was a current rugby player pretty much came out and said hogwash. Um, the the content of the, of not wasn't even a debate, it was one guy made a comment and the other guy said I disagree with the comment. Uh, interesting, food for thought. Well, it's healthy that, that someone, you know, A, um, feels the, the need to say something like that, but, but, but others respond. Um, I, you know, I was a bit surprised at, at just how strong the comments were. I think there was a little bit of a, a, a beat up in terms of the headlines are concerned. You know, Wayne Smith wasn't saying that he was sick of rugby. I think he was just getting um, um, fed up with the way uh, it's, it's being policed. And, and I think he was referring to Nick Berry in a game where he gave out five yellow cards uh, you know, he was bemoaning the uh, um, the, the, the rolling mall. Um, oh, look, I, I think he's got a point in a way. I, as I say, I was just a bit surprised. Um, you know, Smithy's been great for rugby, but rugby's been great for Smithy too. Um, but I'm just a bit surprised at how strong the comments were. But I think coming from someone like him, they need to be listened to. But, you know, what we want is solutions. And I've offered up a couple before. Um, you know, I, I, the, the driving mall to me... They go, that's once, and then, okay, now use it. <clears throat> well, to me, the first time it stops, that should be use it. Mm. So the, the minute you stop the opposition um, rolling more, making any progress, and still, instead of giving them another go and then having to release it, release it immediately. Okay, you've stopped it, get rid of it. You've got five seconds to get rid of it. That might help. Um, but, you know, it's something that really has crept into the game and, and some teams do it better than others. And we talk about the Brumbies. I think the Crusaders use the <clears throat> scrum as a weapon. Uh, Any time inside their own half, they've got a, uh, a scrum feed. They will look to use it to, to um, rather than to launch something, to win a penalty, get themselves downfield, set up a line out and go from there. I'm not quite sure what uh, you do to, to maybe reduce the impact of that other than, maybe go back to the days when you kick a, long, a penalty out, then, then it is the opposition's ball. Um, that, that's about the only thing I can think of there, but that would be, a, a some would see a, a retrograde step to go back to that. Yeah, it was interesting last weekend, and I've been racking my brain which game it was, but I heard a referee say, use it, that's once, and then use it, use it, use it, and actually yeah. penalise them for not using it. And I thought, that's great. Um, I, I like to see it enforced. Well, yeah, as I say, if, if you straight away made them um, the minute it stops the first time, the second it stops the first time, um, you have to use it. I, I, that, that might help with the problem. I, of course, the, the other thing too is it's the only time in the game where you're allowed to put players between, uh, as the ball carrier, players between yourself and the opposition. And there's something wrong with that. Mm. Um, you know, you're not allowed to sack it. That's a, that's a safety concern. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think they're probably... Let's just see what happens at the World Cup. Um, and, and if it becomes a real blight at the World Cup, then I think they've got absolutely no choice but to do something about it. Yeah, because you just know that teams with uh, like Argentina, like Georgia, they will be training the house down to get their rolling malls going. Oh, yeah, well, Georgia, um, they made an art form out of it in, in previous World Cups. Uh, you'd like to think that maybe the game's progressed. Uh, Argentina... I mean, it would be criminal not to use the back. And their forwards aren't actually as strong as they used to be. I mean, they've mm. got this reputation of, of, of having a great scrummaging force and a great line-out drive. Perhaps in recent years, that, that's changed a bit. Um, you know, that, they've got some outstanding backs. I just I hope, that, hope they use them. But, uh, you know, it was a World Cup with the stakes so high. Uh, and, and it happens in any form of World Cup. I mean, you think about some of the issues they've had in... in so, I mean, the, the 1990 FIFA World Cup, I remember it in particular because I was in the UK at the time. It was awful, um, just awful spectacle. Uh, and and you, you've got to do things. You know, if you care about the game, you've got to do things to change that. Yep, I agree. I agree. Let's have a look at this weekend's Super Rugby Round. The Chiefs should take uh, care of the Reds and can carry on their unbeaten one. I'm really looking forward to the Drua going to Perth and taking on the force and I want them to bottle up that home ground advantage and pretend they're in Fiji. The the temperature will be similar. So impressed with them last week, TJ. Yeah, um, that, that's the next step for them, isn't it? We all know now uh, on the back of wins, uh, well the one last week and then the one over the Hurricanes, we just know what uh, you know a, a tremendous, uh, tremendously difficult team they are and that, that's what you want. You know, you want teams having to go into sort of more hostile environments now that particularly we don't go to South Africa. And by hostile, I don't mean the crowd. The crowd are fantastic. But the, the heat and those things, you want people experiencing different conditions. So, but yeah, this is the big key. Um, I, I don't think the force are a, a, a bad team. They're a better team than second from bottom, that's for sure. And uh, they're only, what, uh, four points out of the eight. Uh, the and eight. I, wouldn't it be great to see the, the Drua go through but they have to prove now. They've got to take the next step that they're not just a, a home team. Uh, Moana Pacifica, oh so close last week. Um, they got that penalty try right at the end against them. No argument with that decision. Potentially Tom Robinson could have been penalised for coming on the side of an earlier ruck, etc. Um, but that was their best chance to pick up a, a win against the New Zealand rival. Yeah, um, I think you have to go all the way. At the beginning of the season, the first game, they lost that in the last minute too. That was uh, against the Fijian Drua. Um, yeah, I suppose it's just a bit symptomatic of their, their season, really, that they've been competitive for a decent chunk of the game, but they just can't finish the job off. And it's, it's going to be pretty difficult now for them, uh, particularly they'll be coming up against the Hurricanes team on the rebound to get any sort of win uh, between now and the end of the season. You'd love to see it happen for them. But, yeah, they, they had a great chance there. They, they certainly just got... The Blues just hardly got out of second gear in the whole game. Uh, you, you, you can't help but suspect that the Blues went into that game thinking, or some of them went into that game thinking, uh, you know, it's already in the book. And they very nearly came away with an awful lot of egg on their face. And maybe looking ahead to this week's game where they go down to Christchurch and take on the Crusaders. It should be a marquee matchup. It should be a game full of high skill and high intensity. Yeah. Um, the Blues, I mentioned that they got stuck in second gear against the, the uh, 
Moana Pacifica, it's it's like they haven't got out of third gear for a while yet either. Interesting, their, their teams just um, come out, and, and they certainly have been strengthened to a degree. I've got uh, Patrick Tui-Pilotu back, Hoskins Satutu back, uh, Bowden Barrett back, uh, Rico Ioani, Mark Tillier. So they, they were all missing last week. That, that's going to take the edge off the team for sure, but not as much as it, um, it shouldn't take it as much of an edge off as it actually did. The interesting one to me is uh, they've, they've listed the team and they've listed the players who were not considered because of injury and Roger Tuivasa-Shek's name doesn't appear on either of them. Oh. So does that mean they've just left them out uh, altogether? Um, yeah, uh, Harry Plummer, who, he's done a pretty solid job. Uh, he, he play, he's at 12 and, and the, the backline reserves, they've got Bryce Heem and AJ Lamb, so no... Uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, a uh, big one for Akira Ioane. Uh, he is on the bench, and when he comes on, it'll be his 100th game. And I think the Crusaders team has just been named here as well. And if I just uh, click on that, and the first place I'm going to look at in the second row, and there's, uh, yeah, um, Sam Whitelock out again. Uh, it's not bad when you go with Scott Barrett and Quinton Strange. I thought Strange was really good last week. Um, and also... Um, just, you know, the forward pack, just continuing to be impressed by uh, the, um, the way Tamaiti Williams is coming on, Staffy. Uh, he's, a, he's a big, big, strong fella, but his, his game's coming on. Um, and I'm just having a look through the rest of the team as well. Yeah, it, it, it looks pretty strong. Jordan starting at fullback, you know, he, he, he was good last week. Uh, Dallas McLeod back on the right wing. Yeah, it looks a pretty strong team, but as I say, there's, there's no um, uh, no Sam Whitelock, and also uh, Dominic Gardner, who's a guy who, well, to me, he's a smoking for the World Cup, mm. but an all-black certainty for the future, but it looks like he's out as well. And I guess no Ethan Blackadder. Um, do you, know, well, how, no, do you no. know how far away he is? No, I've got no idea, mate, if I'm going to be brutally honest, mm. but uh, it, it, I think it was at a, uh, now, did he have the calf injury? Um, yeah, I think it was oh, a calf, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can be tricky. Um, but they'll, they'll want to get him back, you know, for the sharp end of the season because he'd been playing terrifically well. I mean, they've got a bit of power still to come back into their side, the Crusaders. But look, this is third against fourth. And I think that, you know, the Blues, if if, if they are going to make a mark on the competition this year, here's their, here's their big chance. If, if they want to have any chance of getting a you know, home advantage you know, right through, um, they're in good shape to get a home quarterfinal. If they want a home semifinal as well, um, this is where you prove, show that you're worthy of it. Um, but Crusaders and Christchurch, uh, you know, they they did a pretty good job last week uh, against the Force. They, they, you know, they they did everything they needed to do, got the job done, and uh, they'll be they'll be well set up um, for, for this game in, in front of their home fans. And last thing I just wanted to bring up with you the memorandum of understanding with Japanese rugby. We don't we well, don't exactly know what it's going to look like, but I'm pleased the conversations being had. Yeah, I, look, I think this is a really positive move. I mean, we'll await the details. The speculation is that there's going to be more games between uh, New Zealand teams such as uh, the All Blacks, uh, New Zealand Day or the All Blacks 15, as they insist on calling it, uh, the Māori All Blacks, um, you know, hopefully women's games as well because Japan, they've got a, um, is it, what do they call them, the Sakura, the women's team? They're a really good um, women's team as well. Um, but to me, I just think, you know, for the future, I think some sort of uh, tie-up going forward whereby maybe that's the place where New Zealand players can go and, 
you know, and play and still be eligible for the All Blacks. I think if you restricted it to Japan, um, particularly with the influence of New Zealand coaching up there, uh, got on the same page, then then I think that that's the only exception that you could ever make to that rule. And, and maybe this is a step towards something like that. Who knows? Yeah, I agree. And... and the nature of these days sport, um, TJ, is finances, and they have a lot more finances to put into programs than we do down here, and so if we can tap into that and they can tap into our rugby IP, I think both parties can come out um, much, much better for that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the Sunwolves, uh, much as I, I, I thought it was a great idea, welcomed it, just didn't work, and it didn't work for two reasons. Firstly, um, Japan rugby, they didn't want to upset... Um, you know the, the the big industrial giants who who really own the teams up there. And it's mm. interesting that they've kind of moved away from that. The branding of the team has now become more sort of about the the region or the city that they represent rather than the company that they represent. So that's an interesting step. And of course, the other thing too was that the South Africans, you know, whining about the travel again, uh, wouldn't play in Japan, would only go as far as Singapore, and so that that didn't help them at, at all. Um, and and so I think, you know, if you're going to have a tie-up, it has to be with their existing teams. And I don't know how it would work, how it would look in the future, but I think this is a little investment in the future. Uh, but, you know, in, in some ways, it might, the day might be coming where we need Japan as much as they need us. Mm. Bang on, TJ. Which team sheets are you studying for this weekend? Uh, the ones I've just been talking about. them. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game Saturday night in Christchurch. Good man, good man. I can't wait to hear it and watch it as well. Thanks heaps as always, TJ. Okay, off to watch the basketball, mate. Oh, look at you go. Oh, who have you got? Uh, well, I've been a Lakers fan since I first went to LA in the 80s. So, um, I, I, you know, I know a lot of people like the Golden State Warriors. To me, they like watching a, a, an old computer game, you know, with <laughs> sort of Xbox games, pinging everything from outside the arc. You know, roll your sleeves up, guys. Get your, get your hands dirty. Get the paint. <laughs> Get a nosebleed. I love it, TJ. All right, yeah. go and watch your Bye. boys. Thanks, mate. Okay, see ya. Uh, TJ, big Lakers fan. I love that. They're down 17-7. Golden State, they've come out hot. Six and a half to go, and it's 17-7 already. We'll have a break, and we will return right after that. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, when we were talking to TJ, he was off to watch the Lakers, his Lakers, take on the Golden State Warriors. And as I looked, glanced at the uh, scoreboard, um, it was 17-7 to Golden State. TJ turned the TV on and the Lakers had gone on a bit of a run. Uh, Golden State still in front, 21-16. Uh, main contributors for the Lakers so far, Davis has nine points and two rebounds. LeBron James, third, uh, third best player of all time. He's just got the four points, two from the free throw line and one from the field. Um, for the Golden State Warriors, there's something about Draymond uh, Green. He's got eight points. Uh, uh, Staff Curry just sitting on the three. Was that a three-pointer? Yes, it was. He's only, he's only had two shots. One of them was a three-pointer and he got it. Uh, Gary Payton is on the floor as well. No sign yet of, I'm just having a look for him, having a look for him. I know Clay Thompson is on there. He's had uh, one attempt at a three points. So 21 to 16, uh, four minutes to go in the first quarter, currently in 
bit of a bit of a timeout. Bit of a timeout. Interested to see how the Crusaders and the Blues go this weekend. I'm actually very much looking forward to that. Someone's texted and said, Staffy, check out the Bluey episode on State of Origin. It's great. And our kids loved it. And can't wait for State of Origin this year. It's a cartoon win. They did State of Origin, Sammy, on Bluey. They did st- Is it American? Oh, it's not an American. No, it's Australian. Oh, it's, it's Australian. Australian. Oh, okay, of course. And um, they did one on um, the Boxing Day test as well, I believe, oh. on the cricket. Ah. Um, JK Solve the rolling mall with one rule change The player with the ball has to be at the front of the mall Not at the back Any other time that's penalised for truck and trailer But for a mall That rule magically disappears Rugby is a game where you're meant to be able To compete for the ball Impossible to do with a rolling mall when the ball is at the back Pierce, don't start me on scrum feeds Oh no scrum feeds <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same with you, JK, on scrum feeds. I know, like, and when you have a scrum and it goes in the back of the, it's at the back under the number eight's feet and they can dribble it forward, they can't pick it up and stay in the scrum. If they pick it up, they've got to leave. So if there's a mall, if the ball is in the hands of the person at the back of the mall, they've got to leave because you're right, it's truck and trailer, and it's almost, well, it's a permitted truck and trailer. In fact, it's set up to be a truck and trailer. Uh, from John, hey, no Roger for the Blues, just let him go to the Warriors. They need him more than the New Zealand Rugby Union. He won't go to the World Cup. He's not playing for the Blues. Let the bloke do his job. Let him go. I wonder if there will be a conversation. I really do wonder if there will be a conversation. Because in the midfield... Now, I'm not saying Roger Tuivasa-Shek isn't a good rugby player. I think if he played for another year, he'd be even better than what he is now. But we're pretty well served in the midfield with Geordie, Anton Leonard-Brown, Jack Goddard, Rico. I mean, there's four straight away, and there's more. Um, Is it the end of the world for New Zealand rugby if Roger went to the Warriors and I don't know what Roger wants to do if Roger went to Camp George and said hey can you have a chat to New Zealand Rugby or if he went to New Zealand Rugby and said can you have a chat like I'm now not starting I'm not injured I'm not starting I think there should be some honesty calls if he's still in, in contention for the World Cup good as gold good as gold stay on um, we will see we will see thank you SENZ you're the best radio for getting the broadcasting rights for the upcoming 2023 World Cup. Yes, boy, yes, boy, from Michael. Yes, we are first too, Michael. Let's take some news from Johnny Mac. Tune, please. Tune, name, artist. Captain K. Glimmer by Mako Road. Mako or Marco? Marco. Probably Marco. M-A-K-O? Yeah. Marco. Yeah. Marco Road. Marco Shark. I wonder where Marco Road is. There'll be one. There's probably a couple. There's, I'm going to guess there's one in Nelson, Sammy. Maybe. 
Hey, um, you talk about LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain K's a big LeBron James fan. In fact, um, I'd go as far to say he's obsessed. Um, did I tell you that I watched the new Space Jam? That when I say the new Space Jam, the Space Jam that came after the original, it's right. still it's like two or three years old now. LeBron James features, obviously. Does it's, he? Yeah, yeah. It's, he's the new Michael Jordan, you'd say, um, although not as good. And <laughs> it was arguably one of the worst. Not one of the worst films I've ever seen, but one of the worst acted. Like, he's a terrible actor. Sorry, people. But LeBron is a terrible actor. And the film suffered big time from it. Pretty weak storyline as well, if I'm being honest. There's nothing like, uh, you know, taking a couple of NBA stars, turning them into monsters, and uh, having Michael Jordan compete against them in a fantasy land. But what they did in um, Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, uh, was not, yeah, I, I don't recommend it. It's very AI focused. <clears throat> he goes up against a man by the name of LG Rhythm. <laughs> Algorithm. I mean, it's stuff like that, you know? Um, but text me or text us because I'm sure there's parents out there whose kids loved it, but yeah, I couldn't do it. LeBron acting? Nah. Nah. Just wasn't really. A lot good. of athletes. Was it um, something about Mary? Was it Brett Favre and something about Mary? I think Brett Favre's been in a few. And he was the brother of Mary? Or something like no, that. No, just oh. terrible. They have all these actors, all these good actors, and then they put an athlete in. Who's the Who's the really guy? Who guy who's really blowing out the former quarterback? Who's really blowing out? Is it Brett Favre? No, it's not Brett Favre. Who's the? Oh, and he he was in the one where he's the dad. Um, he actually had quite an acting career after NFL. Okay, look him up. Okay, you look him up. I'll give you an update on the. Oh, they've gone to another. God, they have a lot of timeouts in the basketball. Oh, no, it's the end of the first quarter. <clears throat> oh, Terry Bradshaw. Oh, Terry Bradshaw, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, the yeah, Bradshaws. Yeah, yeah, He's uh, and he was the dad in a film that had Matthew McConaughey. Uh, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. It is Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch? Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch. Yeah, Matthew is, McConaughey. Is it about a destination to the moon that never Oh, happened? and that lady from um, Sex in the City, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Right. Yeah, and Terry Bradshaw is the mother of... Oh, sorry, the father of Matthew McConaughey, I believe. Is he? Who lives at home. Oh, in the movie. Yeah, in the film. In the film. Yeah. 32-28, Golden State. Oh. Do you know why um, nine is a, or was it, ten is afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine, something like that. Ten is afraid of six. Six no. is afraid of ten. No, no, ten's afraid of seven because seven, eight, nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's next. Yeah, you'd think so. But anyway, I got so that because you said twenty-eight to, to Golden State made me think of eight. Maybe think of okay. Or no, um, LA's got or do you know? Hey, what about the um? What did the zero say to the eight? Don't tell me. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can work it out. <laughs> oh no, you would have heard it before. What did the zero? It's an old one. Say to the eight. Geez, that's a tight belt. Yeah, nice belt. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Heard, it's an old one, but it's a classic. I haven't actually haven't heard that one before. I haven't heard that one before. I'm trying. To, what? What is? What? What? Um, 32-28, end of the first quarter. Uh, uh, LeBron James still on four points. Um, is it Antonio Davis? I think it is. Uh, he's the power forward. He's on 13, so he's the main contributor for the Lakers. And for the Golden State Warriors, uh, pretty even split, actually. Something about Draymond Green has eight, Wiggins has five, Curry three, Thompson three, Payton three. 32-28, about to get underway in the second quarter. We'll keep up with that. Um, apparently, Marco Road is in Whangamata, and there's also a Mako Mako Road in Levin. Mako Mako, do you know what that is, Sam? It's not Shark Shark. It's like a, it's the Māori name 
don't shoot me if I'm wrong. I think it's the Māori name for marrow. That oh, I hate it. Horrible vegetable, really watery. I don't like it. Some people do. It's like, oh no, that's kamo kamo. <laughs> that's not mako. That's muckle. a shrub. I take muckle, that muckle. back. I take that back. Mako mako is not that. That is kamo kamo. Oh, cut your losses, Steph. Uh, we'll come back in a break. But show me the money. Call us now. 0800 150 811. We didn't tease it because we wanted to surprise you. So get on the line. Fill them up. We'll spin the wheel. $50 TAB bonus bet. This is the week, New Zealand. This is the week. 0800-150-811. Join us in stitching together a multi that'll make everyone's week. Show you the money. That's not so good. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Who spun the wheel in the producer's booth today and got our winner on number what? It's always Captain K. Captain K. Numero five. Line five. That is Brian out of Nelson. G'day, Brian. G'day, how you doing, Steffi? Good, mate. Well, you've passed the first hurdle. There were ten, We've got ten awesome. lines. They were all full. So, well done on winning that part. Now, do you want to go first pick or last pick? I'm happy to go first pick. When yeah. I used to play cricket, I used to love opening the batting. Get it open, done with. Well, hold love on now. That. Hold on, Brian. You, you used to love it, but were you any good at it? Yeah. No. I was, I was <laughs> well, hold on, Brian. Let's just backtrack a second. Have okay. you looked at the pitch? Think with your head, not your heart. Dead right. All right. Well... I'm going to go with someone who let me down last week. Brian. And boosted odds. Already I'm nervous. You're telling us you're not a good opening batsman. You're telling us you're taking someone who's let you down. This just does not bode well. (laughs) This guy will be in the All Blacks 15 come World Cup final. Right. Last week I took Will Jordan to score a try at any time for $2 and he didn't. And I've just had a look through the app and I see he's still paying $2 against the Blues and I think this week he's going to dot down he's had a any time try score he's had a run under his belt he's ready to go show me the money (sighs) okay well there it is $2 to start us off Uh, let's go to Captain K all right, boys, I'm, uh, I'm summoning my inner neeps uh, today, and I'm going back to the fighting game. A few weeks ago, uh, Sione Farmwina did me yes, some good did. justice in the you're ring at $3.50. To, you're yep. to Permission take granted. Back. So uh, I'm going to take it down a notch because I actually uh, I want to get one across the line, boys. And so I'm going a bit conservative. $1.53, which is very short for me. Uh, Carlos Allberg, Kiwi, fighting in the UFC this weekend. It is a fight night, uh, but he's taking on uh, Ihor Pereira, I think, and uh, he's coming in at a dollar fifty-three to win by KO or TKO. Oh, so you're going KO or TKO? I am indeed. Dollar fifty-three. Show me the money. Whew, okay. And it's uh, fight night, UFC fight night, so free to air, so we can all watch that. Oh, great! Mm. Fantastic. Um, do you want me to go, or do you want to go? I'll go. Okay. I was going to go something fruity, and I saw here. Uh, Latrell Mitchell anytime try scorer combined with South win 13 plus $2.60 and I was going to say that Sam but I say no Latrell Mitchell's just off his game a little bit so I'm just going to semi-conservative I'll just take South Sydney 13 plus against West West have had back-to-back wins but they're taking on one of the best teams in the comp 13 plus South $1.67 
Building something uh, relatively tasty here. Something, it's, something. It's certainly not going to buy you a house. Here comes Sam with an eight dollar shot. Certainly not going to buy you a house, Brian, but it'll buy you a new set of pads. Um, <laughs> I want. I'm going to stay in the NRL staff, and um, after much, a lot of research, a whole lot of research. I'm going to go the Bulldogs, the Warriors. I'm breaking my golden rule of having the Warriors, but I feel like this one's a bit of an exotic bet. I'm going to take the unders in that game. The The current unders is at 41 and a half. Oh, the total now, points. Now, the Warriors have only gone over 40 points, uh, I think, two or three times this year. In a um, game. In a game. One was uh, against the um, Knights, the one against the Sharks. Oh, no, 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 the Roosters overs. was, the Roosters Sorry, was yep. close. So I'm going unders. Uh, Bulldogs basically never go overs. They keep things tight, and so I'm I'm predicting maybe uh, whoever wins a a 24-12 or something around Ooh, that's that. That's a bit close. That's 36. Nice. No, nah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy okay. with that. So uh, that's at a dollar eighty-five minus uh, forty or under forty-one and a half points. So, so forty-one or less total combined points between two teams. Yep. Up the was. So the four legs uh, with your two dollars shot in there, Brian. Nine dollars and forty-five cents. And uh, I can tell you that uh, I'm not logged in, so I uh, don't have the uh, the bonus bet in front of me. But when I put in fifty dollars, four hundred and twenty-two dollars and sixty-nine cents, which is you know you're not gonna you're not gonna turn your nose up at it, Brian. I think it's a winner. You're not gonna sneeze at that. You won't sneeze at you it. You won't sneeze at that. No. That's what we like to say is just you holding up an end. Let, let the other guy yeah. ma- let the other guy get the runs, and you just keep your wicket. Playing the V. Yeah. Yeah. Strike rate of twenty. It's fine. arms to that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Believe in the leave. Yes. Yeah. And you could get like four hundred and twenty odd bucks to take to the Nelson Markets next weekend. Oh, that'd be fantastic. We wish you all the very best, Brian. Thank you very much. Top.